Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. Good morning. Happy Sunday to you. Did you all get this uh, card? It says save the date on it. Now I'm supposed to make an announcement to you. Pastor Justin made sure that I knew to tell you about this. At the end of December, we start construction in this building. We're going to have that balcony put in, which also means then we won't be able to be in here because they're putting in a balcony back there. So from January 7th for a few weeks, about eight weeks, we are going to be relocated to Corbin College at the Psalm Center up there. All right? Good. Everybody looks okay. We also will have at 11 o'clock a service up in the chapel for families with small children. They say, well, that's going to be kind of tough on us. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to do that. So 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, we'll be up at Corbin. We'll have an 11, 11 o'clock here. We'll also still do a live feed. You're going to be well taken care of. And then after a few weeks, we're going to come back in here and have a balcony up there and offices for three gifts to the city behind that. And we're going to move forward on all the things we've been talking about as we impact the city of Salem, the counties of Marion and Polk, the state of Oregon, and this nation and this world with the gospel. Amen? Amen. Hope you're encouraged by that. We do love our veterans. We're thankful for you. The ladies and the men that are in this room right now that have served our country, we 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 again say thank you for serving. As we look at a crazy world, right? Jesus is coming soon. And if you don't know him yet as your personal savior, well, that's part of why I'm up here. But, but the reality is this, he is coming soon. And everything he wrote in Matthew 24 and 25, if you just go back, grab a Bible. If you don't have it, you can Google it. Matthew 24 and 25, it's unfolding all around us. And we can say, thank you, God, for being in control in the midst of a dark world that's got really crazy things going on. So thank you, veterans, and thank you for those who are actively in duty right now. We appreciate you much. I want to thank you, too, before we get started for supporting the most excellent way. Many of you know that I pastor over the victory over addiction here at Salem Heights Church. Monday nights, we'll have about 60 men at one end of the building, about 30 or 40 women right up here. We got about 30 kiddos showing up that that parents are coming in to get help. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for praying for us. God is transforming lives. Tuesday nights, we're over at West Salem Baptist. Got quite a few people showing up there. Got a crew of guys. We're going to the state penitentiary, Oregon State Penitentiary on State Street. We have 107 men signed up to come in the most excellent way on Wednesday night. You guys, you praying for us every Monday night, every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, God's answering your prayers. And we're thankful for that. The other thing about that is we could use a godly couple or two that would want to help serve the kiddos on Monday nights. Like I just said, we got like 30 some odd kids with couples. Their parents are at either end of the building. And these kids are coming in and we do a lesson for them. Out of the same lesson their parents are getting, the kids are also getting a lesson that we also have fun with those kiddos too. If you're interested in serving in that way, would you contact us? October 31st, I got the privilege of teaching fundamentals of the faith on eternal security. We all turn with me to the book of Jude, please? The reason I bring that up is one of, the, one of the proofs I believe in Scripture that's a solid proof of that when God adopts, he doesn't unadopt, is adoption. Romans chapter 8 says when you're brought into the family, you're adopted in this family. You can cry out, Abba, Father, with a spirit of adoption, not leading to fear again, but a spirit of victory. Then you get into Galatians and adoption is used. 
Get into Ephesian, adoption is used. As God draws you and brings you into his family through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He gives you everything you need for life and godliness right here. As he gives you his spirit, he gives you his word. As he brings you into fellowship, you're adopted into a family. Let's pray together and we're going to look at the first two verses of Jude. Now I'm supposed to actually preach 17 through 21. (laughs) We'll get there. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these precious folks, people watching now or watching later. Thank you that we get to have this time together. Your word is going forth. You make a promise in your word that it will go forth and will never come back void. That if we get into your word, it will impact our hearts and minds. You will transform us. It also says that as we're groaning over things in Romans chapter 8, as we're suffering, that the spirit of God is taking those groanings before you and making intercession for us. There are people in this room groaning. They've been groaning. They need you. And then that oneness with the Spirit of God, that oneness with our Savior and you, Father, that as we're groaning over things in this world, you work all things together for good for those who love you, called according to your purpose. Romans 8.28 goes on to say, and if God is for us, who can be against us? We just sang that. So thank you, Lord, for this morning as we get into your word. You are for us. Guide this time by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I was an adopted kid out of Dallas, Oregon. My brother also. My two sisters also. My brother and I were playing in our lower. I was probably eight years old. My brother was six. I asked my brother this week, do you remember this? My brother's not saved yet. I've been praying for him for a lot of years. I love that young man. But we were playing on the lower part of our property, and these two neighbors came out. And they walked up to Mark and I, and I remember this very clearly. And they began to rail against our parents. They said, I know you kids are adopted, so it's not really you. I was like eight years old. And they began to just download on us, the two kids, all the stuff they didn't like about our parents. My sisters weren't with us. I remember just processing, I'm a middle child, so I'm a pleaser, you know what I mean? And we got taught back then, hey, you're a child, you don't talk, you know, you don't talk back to adults. I wanted to talk back to that adult. I wanted to say, hey, stop railing against my parents. Now, some of the things they were saying, actually, as I grew older, I understood why they said it. But at the time, as an eight-year-old, it made no sense to me why these people would be tearing down my parents. Will you look at verse 1 and 2 with me in Jude? See, the whole point of what Pastor Justin and Pastor Pete have so wonderfully brought to us is Jude is warning us that... There are going to be those who are going to come into the family and try to disrupt the family. There are going to be those who come into the family and try to take you away from father, take you away from the spirit-led life, try to get you to follow them instead of God. That's the whole point. It's all about relationship. So what they've done masterfully is taken us through these passages, but look at these two verses with us. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. To those who are called and loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. You know that sometimes adopted kids can be a little insecure, not really understanding mom and dad, not wired maybe the same, genetically maybe a little different. 
But when you get brought into a family and you start understanding your parents as an adopted kiddo and you fall in love with the fact that they loved you, you know what I knew? You know what I knew? My parents wanted me. I knew that. And they told me, even though as a little curmudgeon that caused a lot of trouble, and by the way, again, with my addictions later, caused a lot of trouble, they always said there was nothing you could do that would cause me to not love you, Matt. I appreciated that. But in that, you can still be insecure because you're not understanding your parents very well, or maybe you don't want to obey your parents. There's that. I don't know about you all, but that was kind of a problem I had. (laughs) But as an adopted kid, when you start understanding their love for you, you get more secure. In Jude 1 and 2, Jude has a purpose for his writings, and that's why I don't want to get to 17 through 21 yet, because the Spirit penned these words to him, and they're very important to us. Yes, these false teachers are coming in, and the reason for the apostate, for their attack, is to destroy your relationship with God, or to cause you to not even fall in love with this God, but to follow them. Second Peter very likely was written before Jude, and if you go and read Second Peter chapter 2, you're going to see things exactly the way Jude says them. And in the midst of those warnings about the apostate attack, if we look at those first two verses, you see very clearly this letter was written to Christians who are called by God, loved by the Father, and kept by Christ. We're supposed to know that. Because secure children behave better. Secure children have answers for those who would come against the parent. You're called. You're invited into the family. You're appointed to the family. That's what that term means, to be appointed to, to be called into. God has set you apart. Hey, if you know Christ personally, that he died for how many of your sins? All of them. Now, you hear some of our most excellent way folks right there, right? We say that every week. Hey, how many of sins did Jesus pay for? All of them. So if you put a needle in your arm and, and you're injecting some sort of dope, you, you know what Jesus did for you? He paid for that. If you're drinking yourself to sleep at night, do you know what Jesus did for you? He paid for that. If you're on the computer looking at what you should not be looking at, knowing it's destroying your mind, do you know what Jesus did? He paid for that. All of them. And you're loved like this. You're called. You're invited. Do you know that Jesus, he died for our sins because the Father wanted to adopt you through the precious blood of Jesus Christ? You little curmudgeons. Bunch of children in adult suits is what we got here, right? I said curmudgeon in the penitentiary, and one of the inmates goes, Pastor, yeah, what's a curmudgeon? I go, it's an ankle biter. It's just a little kid. Just a little kid trying to find his way. Little kid trying to find her way. You're loved, agapao. God held you in such high esteem that he gave his only son for you. That term, Jesus defined the term. It's a Greek term, but Jesus made that term. It's to hold somebody in such high esteem that you're willing to die for that person while they're yet an enemy, Romans 5 says. Agapao, you're loved. You're called, you're loved, and you're kept by Christ. God's eye, this is what that term means, kept. Now, this is good. God's eye is upon you, and he's guarding you, and he's going to get you all the way home. You know what an apostate wants to do? Is come in and have you doubt that. Have you look at them and say, well, maybe you have wisdom that I didn't have before. Maybe you're thinking things, and what you're saying, maybe that's true. No, it's not. God is keeping you, and this is about relationship, and what we see in in John chapter 10 is that you're in Jesus' hand, and Jesus and the Father are one, so you're in the Father's hand, and no one can snatch you out of their hand. 
You are loved and you're kept because he called you into this family. Jude wanted believers to experience then, and you see in verse 2, God's mercy, peace, and love in abundance. That's his purpose for writing, not just to give you some scary accounts of wicked people who creep into the church. Those, those are important because you need to understand their tactics. We're going to talk about that. But the reality is, because you understand this, you'll, you'll understand God's mercy, his tender, divine compassion upon you. Do you know that if you placed your faith in Christ, that he died for all of your sins, that you are not going to hell? Do you know that? That eternal separation from God is real? People don't like the concept of hell, but here's the problem with not liking the concept of something that's very real as scripture speaks to it. And here is what it is. Eternity separated from the father because you would not let him wash you of your sins. Because you wanted your way above God's way. That's really what hell is. It's me getting me, and I was on that path at 22 years old. It's me getting me forever because I want things my way. It's the heart of Cain that comes up in Jude. I want things my way. Well, you're going to get your way if you do not let me wash you, Jesus said to Peter. Peter, you have no part in me unless you let me wash you. Okay, then don't just wash my feet. Wash my whole body. You got to love Peter, right? The reality is the separation from God forever because we're eternal beings is a very real thing. And it's called hell for a reason because in the midst of that, you're going to hate it forever. And in the midst of this, he's saying, no, 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 no. If you know Christ, I've been giving you mercy. You're never going to get what you deserve. I'm going to give you grace. You're going to get what you don't deserve, child of God, prince of heaven, princess of heaven here in this room. But if you have not placed your faith in Christ yet, let him wash you. Believe that he really did come to this earth. Because in the midst of that, he wants, you to, uh, he wants you to understand, I want to give you peace. He wants to give you that mercy, but he wants you to have a quiet oneness with him the rest of your life on this earth and into eternity. This peace that transcends understanding. He wants to give that because if you believe on Christ for salvation, he's going to give you a spirit. And his spirit will bring peace. You know, in Psalm 23, it says, that the, this good shepherd, he makes me lie down in, in green pastures. He I can rest as a sheep. I don't have to be afraid of wolves. I don't have to be afraid of parasites. I don't have to be afraid of tansy weed. I don't have to be afraid of tainted water. This shepherd leads me beside quiet waters, clean waters. This shepherd restores my soul, Psalm 23 says. This is what, he want, this is what Jude's purpose for the letter was. It's for us to experience that, this peace, this quiet oneness with God. And in experiencing that and understanding that, we would also then reject anyone that comes in to try to take us away from this truth. Because then, because we're experiencing the love, that agapao, the experience, the depth of God's affection for us, there we will find ourselves, there we will find ourselves in a place of rest all the way home. I want to bring up the fundamentals of the faith again about adoption, right? Right? My cold was just beginning. You think I'm going to say something profound. I'm not. <clears throat> My cold was just starting when I did Fundamentals of the Faith here about two weeks ago. And one of you folks brought me up a cough drop that I have never experienced in my entire life before. And I want it again. So if you're in this meeting and you're the one that put it on, I thought it was David Anderson back there in the booth that put it up there. It was. And I said, thanks, David, for the cough drop. And he, he nodded. It wasn't him. Yes, Pastor. Find me later. Tell me what that was. 
I have a Halls in my pocket that's not the same. Back to our regularly scheduled program. When you know your parent loves you, you'll be more quick to defend them. You know that? When you know your parent loves you, you will be more quickly, you'll, you'll run, you, you will be right there to say, no, this is what daddy says. You won't be afraid. You won't allow something to come in and creep in and tell you something different than what you already know. And you're going to want to grow more and more in love and more and more knowledge about this father who saved you. This savior who's at his right hand, who loves you and makes intercession for you. You're going to want to abide more deeply in, in his spirit and the word of God that his spirit wrote to us. So in this, as believers are aware of the riches of this relationship with God that Jude wanted for all of us, he wants believers to be aware and defend against false teachers. Be aware of their motivations. We're about to get to our passage. Sorry about this. But be aware of their motivations. They want you to follow them. They want to cause divisions. Their desire is for you to lose your mercy towards the lost. I want you to hear that again. Their desire for you is for you to lose your mercy towards the lost. I brought up Matthew 24 and 25. In Matthew 24, it says, right before Jesus comes back, due to lawlessness, people's love will grow cold. Yes, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be earthquakes. You know, there's going to be all kinds of pestilence, viruses, disease. There's going to be famine. Yes, all of that is said, but then he says, and due to lawlessness, people's love will grow cold. You know what the apostate wants? is for you to follow them and to no longer look at the fields as white for harvest, but as the enemy. Whatever that shape that takes, they do not want you to see people right, made in God's image, needing a savior. Beware of their tactics. They will flatter you. And then after you don't follow them, they will scoff you. That's in the text. They seek to confuse you about God's word and they will challenge you regarding your beliefs. This all began in the garden. Remember the critter comes in? Didn't God's word say? If you read um, Russell Moore's book, um, Tempted and Tried, he comes up with a, a thought that possibly the serpent was there way longer than what we think he was. That he won Eve's ear before he dropped the bomb. We'll find out. We'll get to the other side. But what the warning here is that somebody's going to flatter you to win your ear and then drop the bomb. And if you love your Savior so much that you understand what the bomb is, you're going to say, no, that is not what God's word says. Then you'll get mocked. Then you'll get scoffed at. They seek to stir you up in the flesh also. They want, as they creep in, to get you to act out fleshly desires. Whether that be anger or sexuality. It's real. They will belittle those who just, you know what? You Christians, you know, you, you think that that's a problem, but really it's not a problem. You can go ahead and do that. It'll be okay. But they're not there when you fall on your face and your life's a wreck because you went down that rabbit hole. They want you to stumble. Be aware of the seriousness of their influence. Their influence divides churches. Church splits happen because of this. Their influence causes Christians to forget why they're still here. 
Their influence causes Christians to stop remembering that the only reason we haven't been raptured off this earth yet is there's some more people to get saved. That's in Matthew 24 and 25 also. That's why we're still here. Now we get to enjoy, you know, I enjoy Lori. I enjoy my kids, my grandkids. I get to enjoy y'all. I get to do all kinds of things with you. I get to have, enjoy this life. But the only reason I'm still here is because there's still lost people out there that need to hear the gospel. True? Because the day that that last Gentile, it says in Matthew 24 and 25, hears that last one that hears it and believes, we're out. So that's important that we keep our focus. But the apostate does not want you to keep that focus. Okay, let's get to our text. Here we go. But you, dear friends, remember what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you in the end time there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the spirit. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Isn't that good? That's why we're going to do the Lord's Supper this morning. We're supposed to remember what he did on that cross for us, his body being broken for us, his blood being shed for us until he comes again. Amen? That's why we're going to do that this morning. We're going to remember. But you, but you, Christian, this is the way to do it. But you, Christian, you got to remember his word. The apostles brought it to you. Do you know that in John chapter 17, 20 and 21, Jesus prayed for you? He did. After he told his disciples that as, as he's praying for them and he told them, this is it. They're coming for me tonight. And he's working through that with him. He goes to prayer and he prays for his disciples that the enemy would not be able to sway them. He, he prays for their protection. But then he says, and he's looking at his disciples. He's got the 11 there, right? Judas is left. I do not pray for these alone, but for those who will believe in me according to their word, Father, that they may be one with us, Father, one with me, one with you, so that the world may believe that you sent me. You prayed for. Because what those apostles did, Matthew and Mark, right? John, right? Luke, the investigative reporter, not an apostle, but he wrote scripture, didn't he? He hung out with an apostle, Paul. That's why his writings, right? And when you get in there, apostle, apostelos, personally from Christ, sent by Christ, an apostle who wrote scripture. This is saying you've got to remember the word that they brought you. You've got to know the word. So you can't remember if you don't know it, right? And this is about relationship. Because ultimately, as the apostles wrote the word, it's for you to understand this relationship with the father. And what the apostates want to do is come in and take you away from this, get you to think you don't need it. You need them. So we got to remember the word of the apostles because why? They warned us that these scoffers would come. They warned us of what it was going to be like in the end times. And by the way, we're there. And every generation of Christian was supposed to believe that Jesus could come any moment. It was imminent. They were supposed to believe that. We are also, but we have more reason to. Not just because we've gone farther down the timeline, but because look around the world and go back and study God's word about what it's going to be like and what's going to unfold on this world. You go, it's all, it's all here. It can all happen. Do you know that for almost 2,000 years, Christians did not believe that Israel 
There's many Christians that did not believe that Israel would be a nation again, like a physical nation. So they taught theologically that Israel was not going to be a physical nation because they believed it was all allegory. There was no way it could really happen. It's just spiritual. And then they were. And everybody, every Christian should have went, Israel's a nation. We're about to have Jesus come back. Every Christian should have. But the only way to know that is if you read what the apostles wrote because they wrote it out for us. And so in that, then build yourself up in the faith daily. Warren Warren Wiersbe said this in his commentary on Jude. He said, the evangelist Billy Sunday used to give new believers three things to be about every day to build themselves in the faith. Read the Bible. You got to hear from God. Pray and talk with God all day long. Don't hang up the phone. You got to talk with him and share with others about God and all he has done. This is a conscious effort to grow up as a child of God. Those things, to be in the word, to, to literally not hang up with God. He wants to hear what, he's a good father. He wants to hear from you. But then there's a lost world that needs to hear about your savior. And if you're about those things, you know what you're doing? You're building yourself up in the faith. And if there's any one of those things that you're not doing, don't beat yourself up, show up to the throne of grace and say to God, say to God, God, I, I need you to help me in this because I don't, I don't know that I've had that heart, but I want the want to want. In Jesus' name, I need your help. Because we are in the end times. And if you haven't met this Savior personally yet, I pray today's the day that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. But then you've got to be able to pray. It says then in the text, pray in the Holy Spirit. God wants to hear from you. So you pray for the Spirit of God to lead you. So when you say, well, how do you pray in the Holy Spirit? Well, ask the Father that it, in the Spirit, you actually are praying these things to his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I am, I'm asking this in Jesus' name. You know that in John chapter 14, Jesus said, ask anything in my name that the Father may be glorified and I'll do it for you. I'll say it again, ask anything in my name. Do you think it's gonna glorify the Father if you get prayer right? Yes, it, it, it will. And so in that, if you're struggling, is I just don't even know how to pray. Well, that's okay. You ask the Father to help you know how to pray. And you know, another great way to learn how to pray is go to the Psalms and start praying scripture. I already brought up Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Stop. Father, you are my shepherd. Jesus, you are my shepherd. I can't navigate this water or or anywhere in this world, I should say, without you. I need you to lead lead me to quiet waters. I need you to get me into green pastures to give me rest. I need you to restore my soul. And I'm asking in Jesus' name, amen. How do you pray in the spirit? Take God's word and pray scripture. It's, It's okay. You can do that. You're not cheating. John 14 says, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or be fearful. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says these things and he wants you to do it. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. God wants to hear from you. This is all about relationship, all of this. And again, we we have those that would come in that literally what they're trying to do is get you to follow them away from this truth. So keep yourselves in the love of God. Repentance over a lack of love brings forth depth of love. 
Well, I say it again. Repentance over a lack of love will bring forth depth of love. If you can actually look in the mirror and say, I don't think I love right, and God, I am sorry, and I'm going to confess as sin that I don't love right, do you know what that's going to bring about? Spirit-led depth of love as you abide deeply in your Savior. But if you go around beating yourself up and thinking, well, I don't measure up to the rest of those Christians, you know what will happen? You'll stay there, and you don't have to. You don't. Because ultimately, when, when we're looking at the reality of Matthew twenty-two thirty-five through 40, it says this, an expert in the law, one of them challenged Jesus and said, teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So if we as New Testament believers in 2023 see in us a lack of love towards the father or our neighbor, what can you do about that? Well, 1 John 1, 9 says you can confess your sins because you're missing the mark there. And God's faithful and just to remove it and all the unrighteousness that led up to it. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin, but if you do, you have an advocate with the father, your lawyer, pleading your case. You have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is the full payment for your sins, not just yours, but also the whole world's. So if you find yourself in the midst of this saying, I don't think I love right, you can confess that to God and ask for that right love to flow through you in Jesus' name. Amen. We make faith sometimes way more complicated than God made it. We make repentance sometimes way more complicated than God made it. Because you know what Adam taught us to do? Run behind bushes and hide from God when you sin. You know what Jesus told you to do? Well, Romans 5 tells you he undid what Adam did. And in Hebrews chapter 4, it says then, you come with confidence to the throne of grace. And this is the confidence that we have, that we can go to him 24-7 over anything as a prince or princess of heaven because we are adopted and God does not unadopt. He wants you to show up. And no matter any neighbor that comes in and tries to tell you something negative about your father, no, you've got his word. Gosh, and then in that, look forward to seeing Jesus. It says in the text, look forward to meeting your Savior. He's coming soon. You know there's a crown for that? Second Timothy says so. Peter, in that, you know, Paul is sending it to Timothy, this letter, and he says, I have fought the good fight. This is Second Timothy 4, 7 through 8. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will give me on that day, and not only me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Do you want him to come back? Don't be afraid of it. It's going to be the best day of your life. You're waiting your whole life for this. You're going to see him one direction or another. You're either going to close your eyes and you're going to be absent from this body and present with the Lord, or you're going to get raptured out of here with me. And if we go through this roof right now, I'm going to look at y'all and say, this is awesome. But you're going to meet him. You're going to see him. Look forward to it. There's a crown for it. There's reward for that. But more, than, more importantly, if you're thinking like that, the reward comes for this reason. If you're thinking like that, you're going to see your neighbor right. If you're thinking like that, you're going to love God right. You're going to love neighbor right. You're going to live this out right if you're thinking like that. That's why it says what it says. And it won't let anybody creep into your church and steal this relationship from you. Which is why Jude was written. Because John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes amongst the sheep 
A thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. Well, when is that? That's today. And if you haven't been experiencing that, you know what you can have? You can have that today. This is about relationship. This is about us having confidence. So may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you as you abide in this relationship with Christ. May mercy, love, this peace that transcends understanding be multiplied abundantly in you as you come to right conclusions about who you are in Christ. Amen? Amen. That's why we do what we do. Now, in the midst of that, we're also going to take the elements here in just a moment. But afterwards, I'm going to be up here with my wife. Well, I think Lori actually has to run across town to get our daughter. But I'm going to be up here, and several of the pastors or, or, or leaders will be up here, and I'm going to invite you all as leaders. If you, if you haven't been asked to, you can still come up here and pray with folks. If there's something in your life, after we partake of these elements, but you know there's something you need to pray with somebody about, you know it's t- today is the day. I got I to pray about this. Will you please come up and do that? Don't let yourself walk out of here and think that somehow we really don't want to pray with you. That, I'm not inviting you up here. That's not who I am, by the way. I wouldn't invite you unless I wanted to. But there are some of you in here, and I started with this, who are suffering, who are struggling, who have things going on in your life, and you're, and you're wrestling through it, and you're going, I need prayer. We, we will be up here to pray with you. Good? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And I know that the team will come up here as I pray, and then we're going, to, we're going to begin this opportunity to take the elements that will remember our Savior until he comes again. This body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. And so what we're about to do is very, very important as we're looking forward to his coming. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time with these precious folks and the opportunity for us to have spent time in your word And even as we prayed earlier, we know it's not going to come back void, but I'm praying right now specifically for anybody in this room that has not placed their faith in Christ personally yet to be in this family where they can experience this love, this peace, this mercy, this grace, all of it. I thank you, Lord, that we can come and pray for that person in this room that you would save them today, that they wouldn't overcomplicate this. If they believe it, they're saved and then they're in the family. But for any person who's come in here and they're wrestling, as we remember these elements, Lord, may it be that they're refreshed in their soul about what Christ did accomplish on that cross. Thank you that we can have this time together because he rose again in power. The same power of the Spirit of God flowing through us is the same power that rose him from the dead. We're thankful for that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.